What is going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. So at this moment in time, I'm probably on a plane back to Detroit from Mexico. Um, I've had an amazing time out there. Uh, but this week on the podcast, got the one and only Shelly Johansson. Um, I've known Shelly for a few years now. She's a great techno producer or whatever genre you want to put her under. But I would put her under as techno because she's fucking amazing. Um, we had a great chat. She is or has just released a new EP on her brand new record label called Turn Recordings. Go check it out. Um, we speak about her launching the record label and why. Um, that's why I kind of got her on, but it was a great catch up. I haven't spoke to her for a while, so it was amazing. So without further ado, Shelley Johansson. Shelley Johansson. You just like turned round when I was about to like say hi and just gave it the big one with the, the big Starbucks gulp. How's it going? <laughs> good how are you i'm pretty good how's um sunny canada right now it's uh it's nice yeah it's starting to feel like summer here which is good because it's always so freezing cold so where where in canada i can never keep up with you where you're actually at in canada it's either toronto I or calgary keep up with myself like i don't even know where i am or who i am half the time <laughs> um right currently i'm in uh, calgary alberta oh i love calgary yeah, what was where, when was the last time you were here? I used to, I used to date a girl there. Um, wasn't me. It wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> um, when was the last time I was there? Was maybe like three years ago, four years ago. I always forget oh. because of COVID, we've like lost a year. So I'm like always yeah. like forget to yeah, say. COVID last year. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should still be 2020. Just like <laughs> go back in time. But, so did you? Have- like go to calgary stampede then no but i was there when it was on yeah and it's it's bonkers right yeah and they, they like had like rodeos on when i was in garth garth brooks was there when Ooh. he was playing that shows was- say that again i said that must have been a treat i didn't see him sadly um he's not really my go-to but they, they love him in uh Oh, well, you know, we'll we'll make like our own new genre. It'll be like future country or something like that. And we'll have like our own stage here. <laughs> so how does it work? Because you live like Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver. Like, tell me about your travels. Well, I actually, I'm originally from Vancouver. So my like, my siblings are out there and like a lot of my other family members. So I kind of, I try to visit when I can. I just, I really love like the mountains and the water. So going out there in the summer is like, it's really nice. Um, But I grew up in Calgary. And so I actually like, um, I stay here from time to time. Like I have like a studio and like a working space here. Yeah. So it a lot, like I have some, I have some gear here and like most of my pieces I can like carry with me as Mm. well. So yeah, I have like a space here where I do like, like I have, like I will kind of book off like a whole month or two months and really just like sit down and like work on stuff. And then, um, but most of the time I'm based out of Toronto. It's just a lot easier to like fly out of there and there's so much more like happening. So it really, it like depends if there's not too much going on in Toronto, then I'll come and stay out here. There's like less distractions and where I live is just outside of the city area. So it's kind of yeah it's great it's like a it's sort of like a little retreat for mm. me to like be here <laughs> yeah I actually I actually really like Calgary and you're like really close to the mountains you're only like three hours away from the mountains right 
Yeah, not not even. It's like maybe two hours or something mm. like that. Really close to like. Have you ever been to Banff? Yeah, I've I've been to Grassy Lake. Yeah. I went to Grassy Lakes, um, in the mountains as well. And I went. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went in the summer, and it's just these like insane blue lakes, and you're just like, how the fuck do they even? Like, <laughs> yeah. What? They're like these beautiful turquoise. You're like, wow, like these kind of places exist within Canada. It's actually amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. I I really like Banff. I want to go skiing some point. Well, it won't be this year, but next year. Um, yeah. Do you ski or do you like snowboard? I can't. I've never snowboarded, but I can ski. Okay. Yeah. Just oh. like carry, get like a little backpack and put some lunch <laughs> into it and go like down some bunny hills. And go- I've got this like really, I like really want to like go away and find like a log, log cabin in the mountains and just like go on this like romantic trip with I don't know who that's going to be but oh. I <laughs> but like just go in the mountains and ski for like a week and like cook steak on the barbecue and ski in the day just like yeah, I, do, that's what I want to do I'm sure they have stuff like that like a shed like mm. a cabin shed that you can go to where there's no reception yeah like you don't bring any of your sort of electronic devices mm-hmm. and just really like connect with nature maybe get like mauled by a bear or something <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah I remember when I went walking in in um in the mountains and uh my friend that I was with her parents gave her like bear spray and I was like what the hell is bear spray because I we don't have bears in the UK and they were like well you get a lot of bears up there and you got to spray them with this like pepper spray isn't it and I was like whoa this is scary and then like I started listening more and more to like Joe Rogan and shit like that and all he all he talks about is like bears killing things and I was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) was pretty you know what I I feel like the bears they kind of um, they sort of, they back off, like they don't come too, too close. But the other day I saw this video of, of somebody who was like, saw a wild bear. Okay. And tried to go up and take a picture, like a selfie with it. Like how far removed are you that you were like, Oh, I'm going to go up and take a picture with this wild animal. And then it starts chasing her. And it's like, what did you expect? What did you think was going to happen? You really like myself growing up in the mountains, you have like a deep respect for the animals that are here because they're, they're wild. Like, like, hopefully you don't have to use the bear spray, but it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Did you ever go hunting or anything as a kid? Kid? Uh, no, no, I never went hunting, but, um, like my, my grandparents, they were, uh, like a guide throughout oh, BC and also Calgary. So, I mean, there, there is a history of hunting yeah. within my family, but I mean, the background of that is like, they use the whole bear yeah, yeah. and like, yeah, like it was really, it was more of like, um, it was, it was more of like a religious thing for them. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't just like for like a trophy or anything. Like yeah. That. So, I, I I don't agree with trophy hunting, but I one hundred percent agree with with like keeping numbers down and actually using using the meat. Like you can yeah. like uh, like elk and like the moose in Canada. The moose I remember seeing a moose driving past, and they were fucking massive. Like yeah. that could feed like a family for like a good year with the amount of meat on that thing. And that's, that's what it's supposed to, it's supposed to be. And like, that was, you know, like well over a hundred years ago, but Mm. they would, they would share with the indigenous 
people yeah. within the area and they would also like ask for permission from it so it was like different tactic of like hunting but i mean there's also in uh ontario i forget exactly like what part it's just a little it's like a couple hours outside of toronto there's actually a sanctuary where there's like different different deer different types of elk and you yeah. can and moose as well and you can go in it's like a drive-through you go in and like feed them carrots and stuff but it's like a sanctuary for them and it's it's crazy to like the these elk these huge animals like these beasts will come and stick their head right into yeah. the window and they're like, oh like more <laughs> to me and i'm like oh <laughs> yeah they're ridiculous so, i remember the moose like walked across the road and my friend was like, oh, that's a baby moose. I was like, how the fuck is that a baby moose? It was huge. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. What, what was what was it like growing up in Vancouver? I love Vancouver. Uh, yeah, Vancouver was, Vancouver's a lot of fun. It's a lot more like laid back. I would, mm. people always ask me, they're like, they're like, what, you know, what do you like better? Do you like Vancouver? Do you like Toronto? Like, what's your go-to? And I'm like, honestly, it's so difficult to compare because yeah. they have two such separate, like, mentality-wise mm. and, like, the pace of it is totally different. So I really like, I like being downtown. I like being in, like, busy places and sort of this, like, concrete jungle. But Vancouver, you know, the, there's something really deep about connecting, like, with being in the water and, like, going for hikes in the mountains. Mm. So, like, it's, uh, growing up out there was for sure, like, you have, like, a deep appreciation of, like, just nature in general and people are a little bit more like lax and laid back there's a little bit less happening there so if you want something that's a bit more chill i'd say vancouver is like a good yeah place i love vancouver it's always super chill the food there's really good as well there's a lot of like yeah. asian yeah, if influence you like, if you like seafood as well too it's really really fresh mm, yeah and the lake's amazing or it's not really is it a lake ocean ocean there's definitely some lakes though yeah. like like that are sprinkled throughout bc and it's like that was one thing we would always do is we would go houseboating okay. <laughs> and like we would we'd go to a lake go houseboating and like during the day you just kind of like tan like drink beer and you like you just act like an idiot and then you would come and dock on the shore have like a fire but then all of these other houseboats would like come and line up and mm. you would go houseboat house hopping you know like That's each amazing. boat would have yeah. like each boat would have like a different vibe and like different music <laughs> to it and you'd be like oh i'm bored of this place like let's go over to the next one you go to the next one it'd be like something completely different it's like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like bc does definitely has like quite a few lakes like throughout it too and that's there's some cool parties on the water there as well <laughs> yeah i played a couple of boat parties in in vancouver back in the day <laughs> like a few years ago it was it's always hot as shit when i go there for some reason it's never cold don't know why yeah. just lucky <laughs> How- <laughs> it's kind of tropical there too because they're the forestry it's like yeah. it's quite dense mm. so it's like there's this bit of like humidity that kind of like sticks to mm. your clothes how did you right the- how did you get into techno because like vancouver's not really known for its like electronic mm. music scene at all no yeah, I would say like Canada has like some spots that, you know, have had like some really great parties. But honestly, the way I got into um, techno music is I actually have two older brothers mm. and they're they're quite a bit older than me. Um, and they were like in the early, like mid 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. They were both like very much at the forefront of like the trance and techno mm. scene. 
uh, and me being their little sister. I just wanted to do everything do they do. that they did. Yeah. I just always like looked up to them. Uh, one of my brothers is actually like a producer and the other one is like a DJ. He actually is still a DJ, but like for like a local radio station mm. stuff. So I feel like I was always, I was like exposed to dance music from a very early age. Yeah. Cause I was a little sister. I was always like tagging along and like trying to do everything that they were doing. And um, yeah, they just, they like gave me a lot of music as well too. And they kind of like showed me some of the ropes. And uh, honestly, it was one of my brothers that was like, you should become a DJ. He's like, you love this music. You have all of our music. And it was just like something so natural. So he was one that kind of like planted the idea mm. And then from there, just sort of grew. But yeah, they were very much into like dance music, particularly like trance, techno. And yeah, that's just where I kind of like, that's where it started for me. Did they teach you how to produce? No, no. I'm like, so I wasn't really actually interested in production. Like when I first started DJing, I would DJ at clubs yeah. and I was like, I wanted to bring something more to, for like my listeners. So I, I was like, I started doing like mashups and edits of certain songs that I like. So that's where my production kind of started. I was mm. like, Oh, I wanted to like give something that was like different and that maybe no one has heard before. So I'm more, I'm self-taught with like production. Sick. Did you, and I, my brothers, like one of my brothers is like a producer, but like it, for him, it was more of just like a hobby, mm. you know, but, and he, you know, like he had his, uh, like his other life and like a job and stuff. But yeah. I think that's why he really pushed it onto me. He's like, you should make music. You should DJ because he was almost living like vicariously. Through, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, do it like you should. So yeah. yeah. Do they, no, did, did they ever come to shows? Um, I think there was, a, there was a few times in Calgary where I had like a residency at a club or like like kind of a slew of clubs out here and yeah like they would come out to shows because i like i used to go out with my brothers as well mm. too to like raves that uh like that were out in like the sticks out here and stuff and those were like some of my best memories because i was just like so connected with the music and i felt really safe going out with my my older yeah. brothers they'd always make sure that like you know that i was like, like taking care of that you know i got home safe and everything so i just have such like good memories associated with it i love that so was there little like free parties in the woods yeah like <laughs> yeah like so there'd be like some sort of setup at like a barn out here and then you'd like walk in a full-blown rave there's like cows and chickens in the car <laughs> no no like i shouldn't say that cow even though that does happen, but, um, no, Calgary actually used to, there used to be a club here called the warehouse. Okay. And yeah. And there was like, there was a time in like the like early two thousands where like, like huge DJs were coming through mm. here on a regular basis. Like there was quite a few like nightclubs that had like some heavyweight names that were rotating through here regularly. So I think I was very lucky in the sense where I was living here during a time where I got, to see like all of these shows and these like sort of intimate venues yeah. and stuff. But yeah, like the warehouse was like a long running club here. That was an after hours. That was only Fridays and Saturday nights opened at 2 AM. Like it didn't Sick. like doors didn't even open until like all the other closed uh, clubs were closed mm. off. Uh, yeah. So the, yeah, there was, there are like stick sort of parties, which aren't happening now, but, and then back then there were definitely like club nights, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, like yeah. where everybody was out. Cause you had hi-fi was- there as well. Didn't you? That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. 
that's how I got introduced to Calgary originally is was Hi-Fi Club. And yeah. that, that venue was like a kind of a hidden gem in Canada where you'd be you'd get booked to play in Calgary and you'd be like, where the fuck is Calgary? Like, who, <laughs> what is this place? Like, yeah. ne- never heard of it. And then turn up to this club and it's just a proper like rocking venue. Yeah, um, it's the one with that has like the dance floor with like the the squares that like light up and uh, stuff for like I can't remember. I'm pretty sure that's it. I I played there one New Year's and like we but yeah, you're right. It's sort of this like tucked away hidden gem mm. sort of thing and it was like I feel like a lot of the clubs were like that in Calgary. Like yeah. they weren't like these really like they they weren't advertised. They were just sort of like this little door that you would open and when you'd walk inside you're like how does this exist yeah. here? Like, where did it come from? But Hi-Fi was like that, for sure. Yeah, I loved Hi-Fi. They closed down during COVID, didn't it? Yeah. Um. Actually, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, if did. they did. Yeah, I, I, t- I could see that though. Do you know the small town? Small town DJs. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's who owned it. They owned it. Um, oh okay. Yeah. But- they. I. I remember when I was younger, like. Uh, we'd get like their CD, their CDs, and it would say like "small town DJs" on it. And you'd always look forward to those crazy mixes and stuff. But yeah, definitely shout out to them. I hope everything's like going okay with them and stuff. But that's a name I haven't heard in a little while. Yeah, they're they're the, they're the homies. They they own a bunch of venues and restaurants in Calgary. Um, hmm. They kill it. But yeah, I love love them. Love. Them. You have like a particular restaurant you like going to here? I can't remember? remember. I really can't remember. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, I have to get this out because I remember there was a place. <laughs> Look, I've ever seen like, like you epiphanize. It was something. so good, and I ah, oh, where is it? Um, it they sold fried chicken, but it wasn't a fried chicken shop. Um, fried chicken Calgary. I'm googling this. <laughs> Sorry, there's a restaurant here. I shouldn't say a restaurant. It's like a fast food joint and it's called chicken on the way. And it's been here since like the seventies or sixties. And it's on like a major highway and outside they have this like ginormous chicken. That's just like standing there all tall and proud and you can't miss it. No, this was like a really like best. I've got to Google this best restaurants in Calgary. This was like, God, it's a while ago though. So I don't know if it's, don't know if it's still going to be there, um, but I will literally recognize it. And I remember going there and I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. Um, come on. Is fried chicken like your favorite dish? It's really not, but this was like really good fried chicken. You had like, a, they would give you like a whole fried chicken, like a whole chicken that was fried. Um, hmm. mod- model milk. Oh my gosh! No, I've never. You have to go there. It's really good. Right now, we're yeah. Model milk. I'm gonna. gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna send you the text now of the link. Okay. It's very very good. Um, and I've yeah. Oh my god! Look, check this. Uh, yeah, pizza. Sorry. This like one pizza where just cheese and honey on it and it's so it's it sounds like wh- why would you put that combination of stuff together but it's so good where's where's I that like how this whole, it's called una una it's like a pizza place 17th Ave. i love how this whole like recording has just been like a big advertisement for like restaurants for and calgary <laughs> story of my life i'm i'm 
I've just followed Model Milk on Instagram and it's just it is literally just at Model Milk. But I'm trying to find a picture of their fried chicken. But it was so long ago that they did it that it's probably not on there. Um but it's unbelievable place. You should definitely go there. Have you oh, it's so good. Have you Yeah, it that looks a bit shit, but they would give you like a whole bucket of like a whole fried chicken. And oh that's it. Yeah, this is it here. Um for anybody that's listening, go watch the YouTube because I'm showing you pictures. Um but it obviously it mm. looks a bit shit because the light, but let me let me forward it. I'll send I this. I thought I had breakfast before I started talking to you because then I would have just been like <laughs> <laughs> I actually I've only had like a bit of chocolate today. I'm proper hungry. I just slid that into your DMs. Nice. Um but yeah. Have you ever been, have you spent much time in New York? Yeah, a little bit. Talking about honey on pizza, there's a restaurant called Pauly G's, which is a pizza place in Greenpoint in Brooklyn. And they do this thing called the Hellboy. And it's like, it's unbelievable. It's chili honey on like Mm. this unbelievable wood-fired pizza and like if you're ever in town you should check it out it's great that sounds really good i'll try anything once and twice if i like it <laughs> what's 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 the good what's the like the favorite food for you then oh that's it depends on what kind of shelly you get for that day <laughs> okay today today um hmm, i love sandwiches i'm like a big fan of like sandwiches i feel like it really oh hi dirk family dog just walked in he just wanted to come say hi <laughs> <laughs> he's like I, I heard you guys talking about food, food yeah <laughs> oh, are you hungry you had breakfast he's looking at me like puppy dog eyes like, mm. like um me. i don't i um it really depends like i love yeah like i love sushi <laughs> i love ramen i love sandwiches i like I like a little bit of everything like i said i'll try like anything <laughs> really open to that i think yeah. that's because of my mom um, she like from like a really young age she always like taught me to like you know like be interested in other cultures and like try different things and you know really like broaden your horizons of like things that you might like because you like you never know sort of things so yeah definitely like are your family from from canada well my dad was like born in canada but my mom's from the philippines oh cool can you yeah. speak filipino no i can't come on shelly <laughs> I I wish I wish I feel like um when we moved when we moved away from Vancouver I was I was still pretty young mm. my siblings can speak more Tagalog than I can but like what's it called for me uh, Tagalog Tagalog okay yeah you can call it Filipino though that's fine that's what everybody else <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm like uncultured. <laughs> there's so many different dialects too because the philippines is just made up of thousands of islands so the people you know in certain spots are a little bit more remote than others so they they develop like their own tongue like their Mm. you know like their own accent as well too so it just generally it's called tagalog but you're you're fine everybody calls it filipino (laughs) does your mom still speak it oh yeah yeah it's funny sometimes i'll hear her like uh when i'm visiting she'll be on the phone because she's always talking to her friends Mm. she'll be on the phone and Filipinos when they when they speak to each other when they're having a conversation it always kind of sounds like an argument because nobody <laughs> ever just stops and listens to the other one it's just more like whoever can talk the fastest and the loudest over top of the other person sort of wins the conversation 
<laughs> but no, like, I, I really think that's something that you have to practice it or else you lose it. So like my, my siblings, because they were like around my cousins and aunts and uncles mm. in Vancouver a bit more, they just had more opportunities to speak Tagalog. Yeah. But with my, when I moved here, it's like, it was just my mom that spoke it and I wasn't like with her all the time. So it's kind of something that you lose, but in the Philippines, they always interject like a little bit of English into the conversation. Oh, okay. Like it's not, yeah. And everybody speaks English. Like you can't even open a business there unless you speak English. Oh, really? So when you go, yeah, like when you, I, every Filipino knows how to speak English. <laughs> so that's, that's interesting. Um, I, yeah. Have you spent much time over there? I, yeah, quite like, quite a bit it's been a few years since i've been back but um my mom actually has a mango farm out there and no like way. property yeah so it's like she tries to go out every at least every like two years mm. or so because she has to go back to check on her property and we still have family there yeah. so uh, she's like my personal tour guide when i go i have to go with her because she knows all the local spots and stuff but I'd love to go. yeah it's, uh, yeah it's it's like from canada it's it's quite it's like a two-day trip like really? it's quite a trek to get out there yeah so when you go you stay for like at least a month yeah and then yeah and then by the end of it you're like fully submerged into the culture and you, you pick up on tagalog a little bit better. do you un- do you understand the language though yeah like it's much easier for me to understand it than to to speak, speak it, it properly yeah yeah but I, I definitely wish that my mother for sure like like enforce that on me but yeah i can get by <laughs> most yeah. people can get by <laughs> i was talking to one of my friends last night and she has a kid and she's german um and i was like are you speaking to her in german she was like nah i've kind of got lazy i was like you have to speak to oh, them yeah. in german like yeah. come on like it's the i it's the one thing i wish i did when i was younger was learn another language because it's just it's so key in life can you speak another language no, I um I actually have this like have you heard of Duolingo? Yeah. Like app, yeah. So I have it and I I try to like practice German with it. Okay. And yeah, and it's it's a good app. I I really like using it, but it's um I think it kind of like it's it's healthy, mm. you know, like to exercise your brain in that way. Yeah. And yeah, and I've I've always liked the language. So and I, and they didn't have Tagalog on Duolingo. So I would have I would have tried, <laughs> but, but they didn't have it. So you should just tell um, your mom to be like, "Mom, only talk to me in Tagalog," and that's it. And no, well, then she wouldn't talk to me at all. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So I'm why kidding. German? Are you, are you planning on moving to Berlin? Uh, well, that was that was one thing. Was like um, before, like the whole pandemic happened. Mm. I was actually planning on staying in Berlin for like the full summer, and I felt like every time I went out there, I just kind of like fell in love with it, like more mm. and more. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna spend like a whole summer there, and it was it was planned out. So not this summer, but hopefully next summer I'll be able to spend the summer there. How does it work with visas and stuff for you being Canadian? Do you? How long can you stay out there without having to get a visa? Um, I think, I don't know, actually. But I know I can stay for, like, up to three months. Okay, yeah. It's usually just within the States. Like, if I'm, like, if you're doing, like, a, if you're doing, like, a gig down there, then you have to, like, do visa kind of stuff. And you can only stay for, like, a certain amount of time. But and with, like, countries like Canada going over to, like, certain European countries and stuff, they're usually, like, really good it's, it's weird. Do, do you have to get like an O one visa to do shows in America? Um, 
you know, you can like in for for Canadians, there's like it's something called it's like P one or P two. Okay, yeah, visa. yeah. And it's basically just a permit saying that like you're you're a musician or a performing mm. artist and you're going there and it's just really like for the duration of your trip there. So you you have to apply for it, yeah. whatnot. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend leaving it to like two last minute because you know some artists definitely do that, but because they like charge you like a fee for it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just like a temporary. It's like a temporary visa to go there and play. Okay, I thought it would be like considering you're practically. You're not the same country at all. You're very different, but you're on each other's doorsteps. So you would have thought it would be a little easier to just like. Yeah, to be totally, uh, to be honest, like I wouldn't like directly quote me on it, but like uh, with the P2 visa, I'm not sure if that's applicable for like all other countries. I think it might be like a Canadian border kind of thing. Because for me going over there, I have to get an O1 visa, um, which is like, it's, because your your residency is over in Europe, right? Yeah, I'm 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 English, so I have to have like a O one visa for America, which is like it's a process, and it's and you yeah. get th- oh, yeah. you get three sure. year, three years each time. Um, yeah, and then you have to renew it, and it's pretty expensive. It's worth it, of course, but it's pretty expensive. Yeah. You just announced like um like like you going on tour, right? Yeah. I saw a little clip of that on your Instagram. Yeah, it's fucking wild going going on tour. Yeah. Um so How when do you feel about that? Um I have mixed emotions. I'm like yeah. really, really happy that we can tour or I can tour again and I'm lucky enough that I can tour and kind of get booked and I guess yeah. with with having America being how America is, like they're just kind of opening up and it's going to be amazing to just be able to play to people. Um, but obviously like I've been back home in the UK for the last 18 months, no longer, yeah. less, less than that. Um, 16 months. Have so you been really productive during that time? The, the first year I was like super productive. No, maybe the first like, nine ten months i was really productive and then this yeah. to be fair you're like in one spot right yeah. it's like you're sort of trying to fit like studio time in between like the traveling mm. going back and forth yeah it's been great um but i think this year like most of this year i've been super busy like my every day is like slam doing shit but i yeah. think like on the production side of things i've just like chilled out a little bit and I have like all my music releases ready for like up until May next year. Oh, wow. So it's like, you know, when you kind of got so much time ahead of you, it's kind of hard to try and think like, what am I going to be releasing this time next year? It's kind of a bit weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I took, sorry. Especially with like dance music too. Mm. It's like you can, on like a dime, you can kind of turn like on, what what kind of sound you want to put out or like what you're feeling that month or like what kind of mood you're in for what you want to release and stuff like you can really change up quite a bit yeah especially with like not being able to like a lot of the records that i have at this moment in time i or that are being released have never been played in a club i'm like a lot of people yeah you're like, how do i test it out yeah how do i know like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really important to get that sort of feedback mm. you know they, there's some songs that i was like oh yeah like this is like a b-side whatever and then i play it and i would get such a like a big reaction mm. i'd be like oh wow maybe i'm gonna like beef up this sound a little bit more because you get that sort of 
you know, that back and forth, that yeah. little kind of conversation with the people that you're playing it for. And then you go back and tweak like your stuff a little bit. And not having that, you're like, oh, so. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. how, how have you found it during lockdown? Because I know you've been traveling a bit during COVID, but like within Canada, like how have you found the like productivity and things like that? I mean, I, I always, I'm such a regimental person. I really do like to keep a schedule and I'm at the end of the day, I kind of like look back at my list. I'm like, Hmm, okay. Check, check, check. Yeah. Like being able to do that for me is I'm like, ah, oh, like that's a really nice release. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I would say that this whole time I've been keeping up with like my schedule mm. for sure. And I've been just kind of telling myself, I'm like, okay, we're not really know like what's going to happen. But what I do know for sure is that I want to keep making music from this time to this time and finishing it by this time. And maybe I've like wavered a little bit and sort of experimented a bit more with like different BPMs and sounds and stuff. Like, like I've sent you some stuff you've heard, yeah. like you've heard how it's, yeah, it's a little bit different from what I'm what I normally do, but I think that's kind of that's a self-expression and it's still coming from you and it might be a different but it's been a good time for me to like experiment with like new sounds and things that I've like always wanted to produce. Mm. So it's like yeah, it's been nice. So I haven't been so like concentrated on like my typical sound like I've still been making music but it's been just like a little bit a little bit different. Yeah, I think it's evolution the sound that you're kind of doing now is still sounds like Shelly, but it's also just kind of a, a evolution of what you did before. I feel like it's more going back to what I started okay. listening to. Yeah. Like, cause I was saying earlier how like my siblings, they were really into like trance and techno, mm. like from the early, like early two thousands. And back then it was a little bit more like fast paced. Mm. It was a little bit more hypnotic. So I'd say like, I've kind of gone back to like that sort of sound and it was like a natural thing too. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to sit down and make like this type of song. It was just like, no, I, f I feel like I want to, I want to make this particular track. Like there's a, I'm just a medium for frequencies to kind of like push through. You know? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's, it's more so going back to like my roots. It's more so going back to like what drew me into dance music in the first place. Mm, so like it's like that. an evolution sort of back no i like I that i think i think that kind of always comes around as well doesn't it because it's that well it's happening in a lot of dance music at this moment in time i think a lot of people always look back for inspiration because that's kind of realistically dance music hasn't been around for that long it's been around no, for, i've gone through quite a few cycles yeah, already 40 but years I, maybe 80s i i really feel like music fashion and music and trends they really do uh, like if you want to know what's going to happen in the future you just you sort of have to look in the past mm. because everything is cyclical yeah music particularly is cyclical and if you see like what was happening and was in trend at one point it always comes back but just revamped in a different way mm. and you know it's it's infinite in that sense like it goes up and down and then kind of back and forth so yeah it's um it it turns within itself What's your thought of the like techno scene at this moment in time, honestly? Uh, well, uh, there's, diff there's, <laughs> there's, there's different paths of techno, you yeah. know, like there's different cycles within cycles of techno. Uh, right now, what I'm really feeling is like the, a bit more like 
faster pace, mm. a bit more hypnotic, a little bit like more dancey, I'd have to say. Um, I feel like the, you know, what? as long as you're making what you like and you're feeling it and it comes from the heart, then, you know, make whatever you want and then slap the word techno on it. There you go. That's <laughs> that was su- that was such a, a politically correct answer <laughs> to not offend anyone. <laughs> Um, I'm, I think I've just, I think everybody kind of like changes their sound, you know, not, or changes what they like. You're allowed to do that. It's like a self-expression. Sometimes you might be into more like liquid drum and bass and other days you might be into more like progressive house and really, you don't, you don't choose what kind of music you like. It chooses you. Mm. Right. And the same with, and that's like the same with production as well. Like if that's what you're feeling and if that's how you want to make music, that's what, how you want to like mix it down and you know slam it into people's ears then then so be it you know as long as you're doing it with heart (laughs) yeah i think that's the thing i was talking to a vision i think i was talking to a vision about this on the podcast a few weeks back and um we were kind of talking like because a lot of people put him under as like a techno artist and he's like i'm not a techno artist i just write house music and Asian is so diverse. Yeah, and and I think yeah. and I think that's the that's the thing is like there's a lot of people now that techno is like tech house, right? It's kind of like fashionable, and it's like what yeah. you were saying. It, it, there's also there's also different realms of tech house too. There's that like late night rolling deep tech house that exactly. is not the typical like tech house sound that most people are thinking and then there's like the sexy party music tech house where you're like damn like that girl is on fire and it's like you know like nice dancing and stuff like those are those are like the hot parties (laughs) (laughs) yeah so even tech house has its own like realms that they're selling so yeah it's true i i i think um it's just very easy to get caught up in all these genres and it's like well at the end of the day we just make electronic music that makes people dance and if it, if it makes people dance and that's what we do it for right um, yeah i think it's also like discovering things as well like just kind of looking at the the rack you have back there with like some of your gear i mean do you ever just have like sessions where you step away from the computer and you just kind of fiddle about and just are in awe in discovering certain sounds without any sort of like pre-notion of like what you're going to do or anything like that? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I I, No, music's not whimsical and fun. (laughs) What are you talking about? How dare you? (laughs) I'm like a robot when I come to like writing music. I like have an idea in my head and I just make it happen. Um, I'm, I, I like that. I'm not very, I'm experimental with like certain things, but I, I, I'm not like a proper gearhead where I just want to jam on the gear. Um, I'd rather have like a concept in my head and be like, okay, I'm going to use these drums for that. And right. You like plan it out and like beeline for it. That see, I think that's really smart because then that way you allocate the amount of time you want to put towards like working on a project you know you can set like really measurable goals for Mm. yourself in that way but I for me personally whenever I go to sit down to like I make music every day like that is my number one priority Mm. um is to even if nothing comes out of it at least I tweaked a patch at least I you know laid out like a drum pattern like something and sometimes 
it's more of like you know, like a one-on-one conversation I'm having with an instrument, whether it's an analog gear or if it's just, you know, like a plugin I have on my computer. Mm. You know, I, it's like I'll discover a sound. I'll be like, oh, okay, I like that. I'm going to kind of like put it into the pattern and play around with it and see where mm. it goes. And I have this, I think that's why I'm so like addicted to making music is because it's like setting off these like dopamine receptors of like novelty and like seeking something different. And it, it, it surprises me every day. Yeah. And instead of being like, okay, I'm, I have to, I have to make this particular sound. It's just more like, okay, well, I'm going to talk to this instrument and see what it says back to me. And then we can maybe have this like really beautiful conversation. I love that. And it also makes me sound like I have no friends either. I'm like, <laughs> I'm talking about it. It's fine. You don't. It's fine. You're good. <laughs> I have my dog and I have my ear. It's fine. <laughs> no, there's there's something there's something I really like about that because I'm I generally always go in the studio with like an agenda and I think that sometimes yeah. takes the it takes the fun out of it sometimes and it's like if if you if I don't come out and I haven't achieved that agenda it's like fucking annoying really. And yeah. I think with the way the way that you're saying is like you're going in naturally and just like almost treating it like a electric guitar like a acoustic guitar or just a piano where you're just like vibing just enjoying it. it and then sometimes if i if i am just playing like if i step away from the computer the desktop and i just go over to like my gear and just start playing sometimes what i'll do is i'll just i'll still plug it in through like my interface mm. and i'll hit record and like um i work in fl and they have this really great feature that you can like whatever midi notes you've put in or whatever you've played it will actually dump all of the notes within the past like two minutes or 10 minutes or the whole mm, session. Yeah. So I can go in and play and, you know, like create some sounds and then FL will go and dump all of the work that I've done. And then I can just kind of go in there and like cut up pieces. Oh, so cool. it's not, you know, like, so it, it allows for me to be able to have this like free flow where I can still play, but know that I have like everything that I'm doing is like being recorded mm. and it might be used later on. It might not be, you know, then it's kind of nice to have that backup. Is, is FL still called Fruity Loops or do they just like... <laughs> Remember Fruity Loops? Um, no, they call it FL Studio now. They, they they've like the, they've the fruity they've part gone, of it. They've gone to the cool the cool side. <laughs> you know, I um, you know, FL used to be free, so I, I feel know. like a lot. That's why a lot of yeah, that's why a lot of people had it, and also it was like. Um, like I also have Ableton. I've tried Cubase out as well too, but it's like a language, you know, mm. just whatever, like whatever language you're fluent in, not Tagalog, clearly, but <laughs> you know, then you can use that best to communicate. As long as you make good music, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter how yeah. you do it. E- I, can you remember EJ? Was that ever something when you were a kid? What is it called? EJ. No. So it's like Was- a, you'd get it on like, you'd get it on like cereal packs and it was like it was like fruity loops but a fr- like a free kind of e- it was like a free software and you oh. would literally like you it what it was is it would just give you loads of loops and you would it would give you an arrangement page and then you just drag and drop everything in oh okay that's how i started back in the day wow. <laughs> back in the day and how, i how back in the day uh i was I think the first time I used EJ, I was like 11. Okay, wow. So 20 years ago. You were like 
classically trained? Did you play any other instruments before? I tried. Yeah, I tried. To, I tried to play the piano, and yeah. ne- and went to lessons like every week for like two, three years, and oh. never practiced and sucked every time. You didn't, did you just not like it, or was it really forced? <sighs> it was like it wasn't. I really wanted to do it, but I'm like. I don't know. I I did theory, music theory, so I can read music. And but I don't know. I just didn't like my teacher was really good. But I think I was just like way more interested in sports then. Like Mm -hmm. and I always wanted to do music, but I didn't know what it was. And DJing was like the thing. Whereas if if I could go back now, I would be like, I really like I would want my parents to like force me to be like classically trained in in piano because that they would just game change everything do you think really that you i get i guess so i was gonna say that like if you were forced you really think you would have absorbed the information and have like wanted to do it as much like maybe because you didn't is what drives you to do yeah. it now and you can always go back. it's never too late so like, i you- i I could do it. I've actually, my parents have a, have, I live next door to my parents when I'm in the UK and they, they have a piano in the house and tomorrow actually. Yeah, the, forcing you. Be, like, could you imagine them being like, okay, we've enrolled you into lessons. Like you gotta go. Like, literally. Oh, I don't want to. But I was, I was going to steal their piano and put it in my studio because I really want to learn. I'm just fucking lazy. And when it comes to learning on like a synth, like I put, I'll open Logic up and then put a piano sound on on the synth and start playing, and then I'm like, oh, that could that could be a track, and then I just start producing because it's like what I'm yeah. used to. Whereas if I actually had a full size piano and like that, I can only write a piano. I can only play a piano. Like it's not going into my computer. It's not. There's no distractions. So I think I need. I need an actual piano to like use and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, learn. Is it like a grand piano? Cause that'd be really cool if you had one of those. I would studio. absolutely love to have a grand piano, but, um, my studio is not big enough. Shiba San has a baby grand in his house. Yeah. Um, and I, I love it. it. They're fucking expensive though. Well, but you know what, if you're, if you're thinking about it and you know, it's something that's quite kind of just like tickling the back of your subconscious and maybe you should answer it So because you'll, you'll always be thinking about it. You just move the piano over and then you'll sit there and it'll be like a gentle reminder of like, Oh, I really should, <laughs> I should really start practicing. <laughs> I really want to find a, a teacher that can like come over and teach me. I've, I, I need to find a good teacher that like, I'm like, I want to play this. Online courses, though. No, because I'm just not going to do it. I'd rather write music. You need to be, like, obligated, like, somebody there. You're, like, one of those people that has, like, a personal trainer that calls them at, like, 6 in the morning. They're like, get your lazy ass up. See, this like- is the thing. This is the thing. With, with, with training, I'm, like, I'm the person. I'm, like, that personal trainer, like, to myself. Yeah. I'm, like, get the fuck up and go and train. But yeah. for some reason with piano, the, the only thing is with the piano is... There's two reasons why I want to play. One reason, obviously, to write music. And the second reason is because it's fucking cool. Like, I'd love to just, like... (laughs) just go to, like, a hotel bar? Literally, that is it. That's all I want to do. Like, I'd be like... There's, I'd be like, there's, there's a... 
some Mozart. Yeah. Everybody's like, ooh. I'd be like, there's a cute girl over there. I need to woo her. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to impress other people. Literally, that's it's just. Yeah. But it's a huge motivational factor when it comes to like social acceptance mm. and whatnot. Like that can, because if you just lived on a desert island, you'd be like, oh, why do I need to train? Oh, why do I need to do this? No reason. There's nobody else around but me. Exactly. <laughs> I, I've been writing some music for like doing some pop stuff recently and one of the other guys as a writer is a guy called Mitch Jones and he's like an unbelievable piano player like I would never be that good his dad was a piano player and he went he started playing at like six and then went to boarding school to play the piano like he's fucking unbelievable and like I could literally just sit in the studio and just like listen to him and I'm like dude how how are you so good at that And that is it. Like, I think, I think for sure, like some people are born with incredible talent, but if you see somebody who's like a mentor or you like want to aspire to be like them, then you have the capability to do that. You know, like if they can do it, you can do it. And really, really what it is, is just like continual practice and, and training and like a drive. Right. But some people are, of course, there's savants out there that are just like born and they're naturally talented and, you know, like they can, they can like taste sound and, you know, hear color and stuff. Those people that that's a little bit different. <laughs> but if you really do, if you do practice and, you know, you break things down and you, you learn how you learn and apply that. I really think that people, you can, you can do anything that you set your mind to. No, I agree. You just got to really want to do it. And for me, I think, I, I think the, the thought of it is more appealing than actually going, I'm going to be so shit for so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my ego. It's just, I, my ego is killing me right now. That's all or, it is. You know, you could, you could attach some sort of like personal loss it's like if you don't learn how to play like a certain piece of music by heart, you know, like one that you choose, then you have to give somebody X amount of dollars or you have to give away like your favorite synth or something like that. You know, like if you had maybe that kind of motivational factor, like that. then that would get your butt in high gear. <laughs> I like that a lot. Can you play? Can you play anything? No, no. <laughs> You're just giving it the big guns. <laughs> several years and when I was younger and growing up I we had like a lot like a person that would come and play the piano live Mm. like during our during our class and I was more fascinated with like the timing and like I watching the person play than I was in the actual dancing like I remember looking forward more to that live aspect to it than the class itself and um but dance helped me to like, you know, learn timing and like rhythm and stuff, which I feel is applicable to like the work that I do today. But no, I never, my parents, like, I think my, my dad got me like a, a little electric keyboard when I was really young yeah. that I had in my, and I learned how to play like, like Elvis love me tender on it and stuff. I could probably still play it. Today. Classic. <laughs> but, but no, I never, um, I never really did any sort of like extracurricular activities that involved music. music. Sort of stuff. It's weird. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of people in like electronic music can't actually play, but they, they ha- can make music. It's strange. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always, it's not like, 
like your typical sounds and especially with techno too i don't think like that having like having the fundamentals of like knowing music theory is really really important obviously for like things like phasing issues and and like chord progressions and just having everything like Mm. fit really well within a mix like more of like the technical aspect of it but like techno isn't for me anyways i find that like you can kind of put sounds together that are atonal and you're like whoa that's that sounds really Mm. cool like it's not it's not classical in that sense, but I think it does help to have like a basic understanding of it for sure. Yeah. Talking a lot to, of, I know a lot of artists that don't haven't like no, didn't play anything not growing up. When I, I was talking to Mitch and he's like the, when we've written some like more electronic stuff together and he's like, you do things that are technically not right, but they sound great in this kind of genre. And he's like, he's like, I would, he would never, because he's classically trained, he would never think of doing things like that. And, and I think that's the thing is like, there's, because we know, we don't know what's right and wrong. We just do it if it sounds good. And I guess that's what you get out of it. And, or if it's like a psycho or like a psychoacoustic effect yeah. in the sense where it's like somebody who's who knows theory like inside and out they're like no 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 like i would never put those two sounds together but because of like your ignorance in the sense that you don't know mm. the theory behind it you're like you put it together and you're like yeah like i really like the way those two work and they just work because yeah. they do it's like it's it's good to know the rules so you know how to bend them just to the point of breaking, but... Well, I also... That's what I also really like about, like, new producers that just don't have a clue because that that, that not having a clue means that there's no goalposts that you have to stay between. Your most creative work. Like, have, do, you, do you save, like... Do you have some of your really old projects? Yeah, and you they, listen they, to sound like, like, they, <laughs> they sound like... They sound like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I still say that about myself. Like, oh. <laughs> you like bang something out and, and like really late at night and you listen to it the next day and you're like the night before you're like, yeah, like this is awesome. Like, the next day you're like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I know. I posted a photo, I posted a video of a new track that I was working on the other day and it sounded great. And then I went back to the project like two days ago and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to rewrite all the drums because it sounds like shit. <laughs> you know what you could just not listen to it for a month and then go back to it again and be like oh like why did i finish this idea this is such a good one it's all mental isn't it it all just depends on where you're at in your head at that day yeah some... or maybe your ears are just fatigued you yeah. know or like it could there could be so many other like emotional factors mm. as to why you're not like feeling it or you are so are you uh so are you starting a record label Yes. Yeah. Um, actually the first release comes out in a couple days from now. Well, it's I'm, not from, cause this podcast is going to be out later on in the month. So I actually think uh, the yeah. record. Okay. So it's, so on June 21st. Yeah, this is, is out. Let me just find out. Cause. Okay. Sec. So for, for future viewers, then <laughs> new, my new EP is now out. <laughs> yeah. So this, this podcast is coming out on, july the 6th okay so it's out and the only reason why we're doing it so early is because i have to go to mexico for two weeks and i won't have my podcast stuff oh, what a shame you. what a <laughs> shame so i'm doing a little trip I, I, i'm gonna tell you about mexico but i want to talk about your record label but i'm so on monday this monday which is monday the 21st of june i'm going to mexico and i'm going to 
Where am I going? I'm flying into Mexico City and then play staying in. I can't even pronounce it. Tel Teljon or something like that. It's like an hour and a half outside of Mexico City. Um, and then I'm going to Puerto Vallada for the mm -hmm. for the second week. Um, Lucky. I know. It's just so I can go to America because English people aren't allowed to go to America from the UK. Oh, okay. I see. I see your little roundabout mm. going on there. That'd yeah. be nice. I find Mexico has some like of the best crowds as well. Like the people that come out to shows there, like they know how to party. I love going to Mexico. They just love a fucking party. They love it so much. <laughs> I, I think that's the thing. Is like it's. I guess. I wouldn't say Mexico is a first world country. And I think that's the thing in, in poorer, poorer countries, they just partying is so essential because it takes away the struggle of everyday yeah, life. It's a escape mm. in a way, you know, it's like, it's a release. It's definitely more like intertwined with their culture as well mm. too, because it's like, yeah, it's like they really, they, they get away and they, when they go, they really dance and they enjoy their time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So what's going on with this record label? Tell, talk to me about it. What's it called? It's called Turn or Turn Recordings. I actually have a little, my little picture. Nice. Right there, kind of, yeah, I kind of look up to like remind me, but it was a project that I uh, first came up with back in like 2018 mm -hmm. and things and like things just kind of like kept coming up and I sort of kept like pushing it aside. And then last year I was like, you know what? I'm like, this, this is it. And I really, you know, I really wanted to have the first release on like the first day of summer. So like the annual parties could mm. be on like the longest day of the year. And, you know, like I had this whole like vision set of my head, but yeah, it's turn recordings. And um, it's really more of like a personal outlet for like my music. And the first release has, it's a three track EP and it's um gonna range you know like it's it's rooted in techno mm -hmm. but it's really like it's about self-expression and it's like i want it to be very like eclectic in the sense where you you know like i might put out a track that's 128 bpm that's like a little bit more like melodic but then mm. i also have a track on the ep that's 140 bpm it's you know? so, right like it's but it's not necessarily hard it's just a little bit faster you know, and um, I think it's like music really is like a sense of self-expression and I'm giving like my, myself, I'm giving my whole self when I put these uh, EPs out. So yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep up with like a regular release schedule and it's going to be for now, it's just going to be like my, my own music and mm. I'll have remixes and other artists come through uh, later down the line. But yeah, I'm really excited about it because it's something I've been thinking about for like a while. And, you know, it's, it's been in the back of my head. And now that I'm seeing it like come alive into fruition, I'm just very like proud and, and happy. And I want to get like more music out there that might be a little bit more like experimental or just stuff that's different. It's the nicest feeling when you can control everything with a record label i sound like a broken record on this podcast because i say it all the time but it's like having your own label just allows you to do what you want and not have to worry about kind of sounding like a record label yeah because whenever like whenever i send out demos to labels i always make the music that's I don't want to say tailored, but I keep the label in mind. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm sitting down and making something, I'm like, oh, I want to send it to this label. I want to send it to that. It's still, it's still me in the sense where I'm like, it's, it's my track. And mm -hmm. it's like, I would still put it out anywhere. 
including my own label, but you know, I, I keep, I like to keep that in mind, you know? Well, and I think you have to nowadays being yeah, a producer. Is, sure. it's, it's part of the industry is that these record labels have big brands, which you're hoping to get gigs from really. That's, that's it at the end of the day. And maybe your vision aligns with like their brand as well too. Like, exactly. you know, you have to love the music that they're mm. putting out as well. Like you should be playing their music yeah. at like, the the gigs that you have anyways so i mean if you or if you love the history of the brand you know i think that's really important as well like it doesn't necessarily have to be like oh like i want to release with this label because it's going to get me gigs it's like no i like them i like the music they put out yeah you know i feel like i could also represent their sound through my music Mm. and i think that builds like a good rapport and you know you feel like i genuinely feel like good about being a part of something that's like bigger than just yourself like you know you really like adding to the scene so yeah like i try to keep in mind like whenever i'm like sending out demos i'm like i made this for x label i made this Mm. for this label you know like and it makes it a little bit more like personable that way too but yeah with the with like my own label i can kind of do stuff that's a little bit i don't say crazy but you know like a little bit more experimental or something that wasn't directly for another label and that's just like a really nice way that i can express myself and i have such a deep appreciation for artists that run their own label because it's not just because it's not just like oh bam i'm gonna make music and then put it out it's like no, no you gotta think about like the art that goes behind it who you're sending it to the creative writing aspect of like mm. describing your tracks and those aren't all necessarily like talents that people have for that are just good at like making music so i really do appreciate people who have their own label because it is it is work and it's a passion it's like a passion project that you really have to put everything into yeah i i I totally agree it's it's very much it it actually creates the hot you're you're being the full artist of everything you have full artist control which means that like the artwork you choose the artwork like for me with with all we have is now with my label it was like a process to get the artwork how i wanted to get the artwork and how we want to release it that takes a while to really like hone in on who you are as a person and how you're going to express express that visually too Mm. you know and to have it all cohesive and something that like aligns with the people that are listening to your music as well too so there's so many different like facets of this diamond you know, but when it all comes together, it can be really like shiny and beautiful. Yeah. And I think it just makes it, it makes it just feel a little bit more together because the visual aspect of it works with the record. Whereas usually with when you're signing to another record label, they give you everything. You you give them the, yeah. the music and then they give you everything else. And sometimes you're like, well, this the artwork's a bit dark for what I think the record is kind of representing and or like the promo write-up is a little bit different to what you had in, in... I would describe my track at all exactly yeah <laughs> it's um it's always weird it's that's why I think it's important to like line yourself up with labels that you agree with and that you like that you like visually and their marketing mm. aspect as well too because then you're just kind of going to sort of automatically like whatever sort of write-ups they do or like their visuals too yeah totally how often how often are you going to be releasing uh so probably every season you know like i kind of 
kind of thought about maybe doing like a monthly mm. release and doing something on Bandcamp where like people who have subscribed to it will actually maybe get like something uh, beforehand or like special merchandise mm. and stuff. That might be something like later on, but for right now, I'm doing like two to three uh, track EPs like every 12 weeks or so. Might speed it up after that. But that's another nice thing about having your own label is you can like adjust the timing of it. It's yeah. like whatever works best for you and for your listeners. No, definitely. Are you going to, do you have a plan on when you're going to re- sign other people or are you just going to see how it goes for the first year? Well, yeah, I think that was, that was one thing with this is like, I was, I was like on such a roll with like making all of these different sounds that I really felt I was putting like my whole heart into and really expressing like who I am as an artist with it. So right now I'm just like super concentrated on like creating the release schedule and like lining up the EPs in a way that like the, the tracks like complement each other. Mm. That's another thing too, is like a lot of the times when people release music, like they, an artist might only pick like one track from that EP. I want to release music that you would play both like, or all the tracks throughout like your set or that you could do that. And uh, so, yeah, it's like, I really, for right now, I just want to like set up the EPs so that the songs complement each other and that I'm releasing like my own music, but um, yeah, I'll be sending some other, some other stuff out there. There is some other announcements and things, but that'll that'll be later on. That's cool. Yeah, I remember you sending me some records and stuff we spoke about in the past, what you've got planned and it's exciting stuff. Is there any other labels out there that you're like, this is this is who I belong with as well? Like outside of yours? I feel like the labels that I have released with, you Mm. know, like as I was saying before, like for example, like Drum Code and Bedrock, those are labels that like I grew up listening to, you know, like those are labels that I've been following for a really long time. And, you know, like I, I would definitely like send them music again and stuff because, because I like their direction. Like I like who they are as a label. I like who they are as a brand too. So yeah, I think like as of right now, it's just going to be turn recordings and like the music that I've been making the past like year. Cause I, re- I'm just so excited. I really like want to get it out there. Yeah. And then there'll be, there'll be some other things like down, down the line. Sick. Can't wait. A little bit. <laughs> so what's, what's the EP that is actually out now from when this so, podcast uh, It's called eternity. And, uh, yeah, so the tracks, they range from 128 BPM right up to 140. And I would say that they're more of like a, like a peak time, like driving techno sort mm. of sound. And the reason why I did it like that was because I wanted to expose my listeners to like the range of yeah. sounds that will be coming out on the label. Cause like I might release something that's a little bit deeper, a little bit more melodic or other times it might be a bit faster and like more pacey kind mm. of techno. So yeah, it's a three track EP. There is, do you believe, uh, say again, an eternity. And these tracks were all like, it was so difficult to choose which ones I wanted to be like the first, because I wanted such like an eclectic range of sounds of like who I am as an artist. But uh, yeah, so they're out there and they're all, they all have like female vocals in them, which I always love hearing in sounds whenever I'm listening to music. So I put that in there. Um, I do like some of my own vocals and it is all too. And yeah, they're all tracks that are like really close to my heart and I'm really happy to like put them out as like a, an EP together. It's- it's a great EP, but I love say it, say it again. 
a lot. Yeah. It's, it's great. I love <laughs> yeah, it. The, yeah, that one has a little like br- uh, beat break in it. Mm. And that yeah, that track was like, I found that a lot of people have had so much good feedback about the EP, but that song in particular, it's kind of in the middle. Like it's not, mm. it's not as like, it's not as fast paced as the 140 track, yeah. but it's still like driving. Anything? No, I love it. I love it. It's I a great EP. Appreciate that. <laughs> it's a great EP. Let's um let's wrap this motherfucker up. We've just done an hour and six I minutes. I feel like I could talk to you forever. I know we could. We and we have to catch up in person. I'm not too sure when sure. we can, but um if you're ever coming to the states or planning, then let's uh yeah. hook up. But before you go, how can people follow you and all of that jazz? Well, probably the best way would be my Insta- my Instagram account. I'm like usually posting everything up there. Um, I also have my SoundCloud page. And that one, I do like my monthly radio show where I'm putting like promo music up there and just like artists that I'm really feeling at the moment. So yeah, I'm always like posting new music on SoundCloud, Instagram, and uh, like, of course, Spotify, like all the regular usual suspects up there. (laughs) Yeah. Shelly, thank you so much for being on. Uh, It was so nice talking with you. You You can come on whenever you want, come back and let's talk. Let's do one in person next time. That'd be more fun. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Sure. Keep safe. See you soon. Okay, YouTube. Bye. Bye. And that is a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe, comment, share it with everyone. Go listen to Shelley's new EP. Keep safe. See you next time.